Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This is the Poetry in Motion podcast on the Blood Red channel with Neil Fitzmorris, bringing you all the big news and even bigger views on Liverpool FC. Hello, everybody. Welcome to a special edition of uh, Poetry in Motion, along with it's one of our smash-ups, our mash-ups with Ale LaRouge as well. So I am joined by uh, Joe Blot. How are you, Joe? I'm good. Thanks, Mitty. Yeah, nice to see you. Nice to see you, man. You're looking very, looking very tan there, sir. Have you been in the back garden? Have you? Yeah, I was, yeah. Oh, <laughs> I you, Always in the back garden. <laughs> I thought you might have been. Uh, joining us, of course, uh, Peter Hooten. How are you, Pete? Okay, Neil, yeah, not too bad. Good man, good man. And our special guest, a long time no see, a nice friendly face. Uh, always a nice friendly face of the Echo, no longer there, of course. Uh, explain where he is now. Andy Kelly is joining us. How are you, Andy? Very well, Fitzy. Yeah, it's been a few years, mate, since we were um, doing a poetry in motion, or uh, I was trying to persuade Pete to uh, host LLA Rouge, but I think they've uh, they've been successes, haven't they? They have been successes, and you look like you've done great. You're, you're Captain Bear's eye stuntman now, aren't you? That only works. Only works. So just take my word for it. You're looking very healthy, mate. You're looking well. Oh, thank you very much. Yeah, it's uh, yeah, yeah. Life's life's good here at the uh, working with the club now. So um, I've had a good few years here, and uh, they look after us really well. Just explain what you're doing now, Anne, because you obviously you were you were writing for the Echo for many times and other papers as well, of course, a journalist. But what what, what did you move over to do? Yeah, so when I left the Echo, um, I freelanced for a few months and then I got asked by the club to come and uh, work in the press team looking after the academy lads and the women's team. Uh, so I've been doing that for the last four years. Absolutely loved it, to be honest, mate. Ups and downs with the teams, of course, um, but um, brilliant people to work with and obviously gives you the other side of it, really. Um, but, you know, I've been really lucky and... Uh, the, the people I work with here at the club are just fantastic, to be honest. And uh, yeah, it's been a, a sort of different, uh, after 20 odd years at the Echo, it's been, uh, you know, really sort of uh, nice to nice to go and do something fresh. Excellent, mate. Uh, should we should we start the show? I mean, not that we'd want to start the show on this kind of thing, but we, we, we feel we must um, mention one of our colleagues, one of our guests, Andy will, will have known, uh, Dan for a long time, uh, Pete and I and Joe. I don't know our circumstances, whether we collect how we collectively know him, but of course he was a guest on many editions of Poetry Emotion, uh, and I'm sure that Lady Rouge as well. Um, we lost a very very special lad, um, Dan Kay, Andy. Um, very tragic, very sudden, and um, and and a void that will be very 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 hard to fill. He was such a wonderful guy, mate. He he, he was Fitzy, and it's difficult not to sound trite in these circumstances because you know when you lose someone people always say nice things about them and everything but the lads will know genuinely i think i've probably known dan for about 15 odd years i never heard anyone have a single bad word to say about him because he was just someone who was um the nicest of fellas did so much good work for people put other people ahead of himself and 
Um, you know, there's been some fantastic tributes, you know, far better than I could give over the last week or so uh, about the, the the amazing things Dan did, his work with the Hillsborough families uh, and everything else. But he's, he, he's, you know, people who've listened to the pods will know what an authority he was on the Reds. You know, no one knew more facts about the Reds than Dan to the point of winning the uh, the only edition of the LFC TV uh, Liverpool quiz uh, on TV and Dan was the winner. That's how much he knew about the club. And when I was lucky enough to work with him at the Echo, you know, many people knew him better than me, but we all got the same Dan Fitzy. He was just the nicest of fellas. If you needed enough of me, do it. And, you know, as we all know, and as we've seen last week, he had so many different bits to his life, uh, which you guys will know, um, not just the football, but different elements of his life that uh, that that he did um, to help others. And uh, to lose him now is so young is, you know, people will really miss it. And I know there's a sense of shock along a lot of his former Echo colleagues. And, uh, and I know from you know from the funeral last week those different elements of his life those different people all had the same down you know just a great fella yeah you know you know the uh, the impact someone's has in their lifetime when when with the amount of people who turn up just to say goodbye really and joe i learned a new word he was jewish and dan and i i learned a word that you may know and you may or you may not know out there uh, mensch and it's a great word, and it's and it's a, it's it's a Jewish word meaning basically selfless. Someone who is mm. do anything for anyone and give up anything for anyone. I think if ever a word summed up Dan Kay, uh, it would be mensch, wouldn't it? Because um, he was he was a tireless campaigner for, for Hillsborough. And we'll, we'll, we'll go on and talk about that in a bit. And, and of course, Anne Williams's daughter Sarah. He worked alongside her. He co-wrote um, the drama series um, with Kevin Sampson. That uh, won an RTS award. Just, just one of, just one of nature's and the world's nice guys, Joe. And it's, and it's, it just makes it all that more heartbreaking, doesn't it, to, to lose him suddenly and tragically. Yeah, definitely. I, it's, it's, it's kind of heartbreaking. Still thinking about it, isn't it? You know, um, even now and those words that Andy said, you know, so, so heartfelt and so meaningful. And, that, and that, that's what we felt from everyone. Um, but that's that's the man he was. I, you know, I, I first in, I, there's a serendipity here because the first time I, I properly met him was when we did the podcasts in the Echo Building, um, and got to know him then. And as as I became chair of Spirits of Shankly, um, I'd done a lot of comms in the past in, in, in previous jobs, um, but he took me to one side and was, was guiding me in terms of not what to say necessarily, but how to say it. Um, how to how to you know attract people's attention and he was always there for me um whenever we had a, an issue he, he he would he would first of all sit down and go through it and say well, what is it you want to say and and how do you want to say it and this is how we put it in the the echo and um he he also transcended i think all the all the things about football that weren't just on the pitch as well so i remember big issues that we had like qatar um, when Liverpool were playing there, and he he was he was really keen um, to talk about the, the migrant workers' rights um, as opposed to the match itself. You know that that shows what what kind of a, an individual he was. He saw beyond you know the the ball and the, and the twenty two players on the pitch. He saw the impact of what it would had. And clearly, you just said obviously about Hillsborough and and all his work at that. You know that that's just the man he was. He was 
he was football through and through, but he was a human being through and through and, and, and had, had time for everyone. Um, and, you know, every time I saw him at the game, um, it was a big hug and it was asking how you were, asking how your family was, always had time for you. And he's a great miss. And, you know, as you say, such a, such a young age, it's just, it's just wrong. Absolutely, Joe, yeah. And uh, they called him Purple Dan, didn't they, Peter? Because he loved Liverpool. He was encyclopedic with his knowledge of Liverpool. Yeah. He could tell you anything about them. But he just loved football, didn't he? He was a big Tramia fan as well. Um, and Everton as well. And he had one dad, one parent was a blue, one was a red, and he sort of brought mm-hmm. up that thing. But it was just, he was just, he was a fan of human beings, wasn't he, Peter? He was just yeah, such even, an incredible person. You know, I, I, I did know him from the Hillsborough campaigns, you know, and the Got to know him fairly well, but then when we started doing the podcast, he was always to for me the person you know to go to for when you wanted a, a really knowledgeable voice. In you, you know, as you said, and seek encyclopedic knowledge of Liverpool Football Club, but also he was one of those voices which was you know if something was if there was something controversial. He'd always look at the, you know at the, at the right thing and say, "Well, have you thought about this?" and I actually asked him a few days before he died to go on the podcast because um, Stephen Mono had a, a domestic which he couldn't get out of, and um, I asked him to do the podcast, but he just replied and said he wasn't feeling great, you know. And um, it's such a shock. And when, when when I went to the funeral, I think it's testimony to how popular he was. You know, the the different range of people who were there, who were football fans. He went on the Wilcox coaches to away matches, so a lot of them were represented. All the journalists, you know, people from the football club, and his friends, and then people from uh, Sarah Williams and and, um, and and the people who were involved in um, in Anne, the drama documentary that he uh, helped with, and I always remember his beam and smile. Really, I think they, when they won an award uh, not long ago, actually, and there he is with Kevin Sampson and uh, Sarah Williams, and just you know, it's really upsetting to think about it, you know, and. He's a great loss to uh, Liverpool football uh, fan community, really. You know, yeah. yeah. Fitzy, the um, yes, mate. If you if you look at the the sort of some of the big events around the football club of the last decade and more, um, the people will see if you, if you look at the um, the images of those big events. Dan's there in the middle of so many of them. Um, when I was on the news desk at the Echo. Um, we were covering obviously the sale of the club back in 2009, 2010, whenever it was. And it was the early days of the digital desk at the Echo. Dan was often sent out with his camera to, to have, uh, without any real formal training, I might add. You know, everything was sort of a bit like how we started these podcasts. Everything was done very, uh, you know, sort of organically. And, uh, I remember when we went, you know, when they went down and the sale of the club was agreed in 2010 or whenever it was, and 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 you know Dan was down there, um, sort of in the media scrum with his camera trying to get the best images of John Henry. And there's there's I know that there's someone mentioned to me that if you know there's a couple of great pictures of Dan, um, down there as John Henry comes out to sort of announce his, uh, you know, is that he's the new owner of the club. And then, and then you you look you then go on to the Hillsborough inquest, the second inquest, obviously, and you know they took they were the longest in legal English legal history, weren't they? So yeah. over two years of testimony, much of it sort of 
very emotional you know we heard from you know the families of of all of all those who died and you know it's not easy in a in a journalism setting in modern day to free up people to go in and cover these things there's a real you know there aren't enough people to do the job basically in a lot of newsrooms and certainly you're very tight but the echo to their total credit uh, were aware that they needed to be at those inquests every day and um you know joe um joe thomas who many of you'll know now now covering everton for the echo who was the crime reporter at the time eleanor barlow who now works at press association you know they were there one of them was there every day and on many 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 in fact the majority of those days dan was there alongside them and he you know he had to sort of sort of fight to be there almost because he had a he had other job to do as well but he was there and he was a brilliant sort of liaison between um those guys covering it and the families who he'd become so close with uh especially with doing things like the ann williams golf day and that sort of thing so yeah. you look at those key moments of the last decade really and and last 15 years really and dan was always there if it's yeah. you know and yeah. um and i think there's, there's a real legacy that while, uh, you know, we're, as Pete said, everyone was so shocked and Joe about what's happened. The one sort of thing we have to hold on to is that the work that Dan's done, you've mentioned the TV show and everything else, the book with, with Sarah Williams, you know, that legacy will live on uh, as mm -hmm. long as this football club um, is there. And, yeah. and I think that's, you know, that, that is no comfort to, you know, I've, to Dan's, you know, family, etc. This time, but I think as time goes on, was you know, no one can ask for any more than to have people think about you the way people are thinking right now about Dan, and to be able to say, look at all the good things he did, because yeah. a lot of us think it, want to do it, say we'll do it, yeah. and sometimes life gets in the way, and we never get round to doing it. Yeah. But Dan James there on a, you know, I didn't know anything till I read this week about him, you know, out helping people with food packages on Christmas Day. I mean, that's yeah. that's the sort of fella, and you know, it didn't surprise me in the slightest. But because he never shouted about it, you wouldn't have found out about it. You wouldn't mm -hmm. have known about it. There was it, just no ego to the lad. His coverage, his coverage for me in class was absolutely magnificent, wasn't it? And someone come up to me at Leicester uh, the other night, and you know. And, and I tend to agree with him. He says um, Dan was another victim of Hillsborough, yeah, because yeah. what the effect it had on him. Sitting through those inquests for two years and listening to all the testimonies, you know that's 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 a, um, a heavy weight to bear, isn't it? You know, I can't help but think you're right there, mate. There must have been some, you know, the, the, it, stuff like that impacts you. There's no doubt about it. And 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 more uh, and, and it's more of a testimony to his character, Pete, that he carries on. It the way he did and, and, and being the selfless person that he did and there is a chance to um for all of everyone listening to these and we always really appreciate you downloading these Ali Rouge my poetry emotion one or all of the lads as well on the blood red uh, umbrella Charlotte Hennessy of course lost her dad um at Hillsborough and there's uh, was was good friends like a lot of the families were with Dan she's uh, desperately trying she's she's been through the club um, and they're desperately trying to uh, organise um, a minute's applause for Dan on the seventh minute of yeah. the Aston Villa game at home. Yeah. Um, yeah. 
Seven, of course, being for a couple of reasons. Apparently, it's it's a it's a it's a it's a lucky number. It's a fortunate number. Or it's a it's a number that's looked on kindly in the Jewish community, but also as well, of course. And I think more pertaining to Dan uh, was that was um, was the king's number and and the real king, um, <laughs> King Kenny's outreach. And um, and if we can if if we can spread the word far and wide to get a, a minute's applause, I think that would yeah. be the way that every Liverpool fan can say thank you to Dan. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, definitely. 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 Can do that. Poetry in motion on the Blood Red Channel. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, well, look, God bless you, Dan. We will move on. Um, you're also very heavily involved in uh, the WSL, Andy, as well, aren't you? And, and the Liverpool... Of course, the Liverpool women's team won won the WSL. It's, got, it's a few years ago now, and then we faced relegation. It's been an up-and-down kind of which most Liverpool, in the, in the, in the male side of Liverpool's fans, uh, and the Liverpool the Liverpool men's A-team understand the roller coaster. but it has been for the women. How are they getting on uh, uh, as of lately, Dan? Uh, well, it, you know what, Fitzy, it's been a it's been a great season to be honest. Um, you know, since I've been you know on the press team with the women's side of things, as you say, that we've had the ups and downs. Obviously, they won those two early titles, WSL titles under Matt Beard, uh, and then you know a few other teams. It's fair to say went past us, and uh, and that all culminated in that relegation during the COVID year when. They, they were relegated on uh, quite harshly, really, with a third of the season still to play. If you can imagine that in the men's game, you know, a, a team yeah. being relegated when they had a third of the season left, but relegated by a point on points per game. Um, and so that, that that put them into the championship. Um, and that is a hard league, same as the men, there's a hard league to get out of, just one team coming up. So they had a year's adjustment. Beardy came back and as manager and uh, promoted first year last year. So first year back in the WL this season, WSL, and, uh, you know, the uh, the target was to stay in this division and build from there. And it uh, looks like they're going to finish at mid-table, so, uh, you know, seventh, which is considerably better than nearly every team that's ever been promoted into WSL. So they've had a, a really solid season. Some great results beat Man City last, uh, last, last home game. Fantastic uh, crowd at Prenton Park that day, and uh, it's been there's been a few inconsistent results, but you know we've beat uh, Chelsea. Probably looked like they, you know, they're they're going to finish first or second. We beat them on the opening day. We've beaten Man City, some tight games with Arsenal, who would be the, regarded as the three top teams. So you know it's it's very much a building process, but you know the crowds are really starting to come. You know, we had a top crowd against Arsenal, close to three and a half thousand at Prenton Park. And um, two games left, one at home, which is the last game of the season against Manchester United. So they may well still be going for the title. It's them and Chelsea uh, going for the title. So we're looking at, you know, hopefully a huge crowd at Prenton Park. That's going to be played on the Saturday uh, of May, uh, May the 27th. So I'd encourage anyone, if they've never 
Um, been to a women's game, you won't get a better than a possible title decider for Man United women coming to Prenton Park. And, um, you know, hopefully if they are still going for the title, um, our women can uh, put a little uh, spanner in the works. But, um, yeah, it's been... We've we've seen a real growth in the women's game, Fitzy, after the Euro win. We've got a World Cup coming up this summer. Sadly, for England, it looks like half their team's going to be in the uh, gym re- doing yeah. injury recovery because lost a few key players. But, um, you know, the Lionesses have strength and depth, so hopefully they can do well again and take help take the game to another level because, um, yeah, it's, it's a real positive at the moment. It's nice to see gender equality at work when it comes to international injuries, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> and you've got a mural as well, haven't you, Andy? Yeah, well, it was, but nothing to do with us. It was entirely... The great thing about these murals for the players, I'm sure you'll agree, is that it comes from the streets, it comes from the fans, it comes from something organic it's nothing to do really with the club it's to do with the the, the supporters who are the club basically yeah. but so uh, you know to see um one unveiled in uh anfield just opposite hotel anfield for those who know uh, the area around the ground and we had uh, uh the women's supporters club commissioned it and uh, missy bo Kearns, who obviously she's sort of the trent alexander arnold of the women's team she's the scouser mm-hmm. in our team yeah, um, you know, in England under twenty three international is very fit. She just scored the winner against Man City actually, and then uh, she didn't know anything about it, and uh, uh, and then they were able to uh, surprise her the day before, and uh, Bo came down on uh, Tuesday, I think it was uh, of this week, and uh, with all her family, and uh, I was chatting to her dad actually, and it was really appropriate because the the side of the house it's on two doors up he lived in that house 30 years ago and he, yeah. he had he had no idea that it was so close to where he used to live but it was really sort of feeling of serendipity really um about the where it is it looks at the artist paul curtis has done uh you know a few of them and uh the fans i know they look great the the missy likeness is incredible and uh so i'd encourage fans if you're going up to anfield saturday for the villa game or whatever um, call in and have a look at that and get your picture taken. It looks tremendous. And there's a little girl on the picture too, and a girl called Bryony who was there when we lifted the championship trophy. She travels up from Hertfordshire for games, and she was there with her mum at the mural unveiling because she's on the mural as well. So yeah. it's, it's a lovely story, Brilliant. mate. And, uh, yeah, it's, um, it's great that the women's team are now part of that sort of core bit of, of fan base. And, uh, you know, thanks to all the fans who've come along this season. And as I say, we go to Villa Park Sunday and then back to Prenton Park the following Saturday for that United game. So if you can, uh, get yourselves along and uh, it'd be tremendous, mate. Absolutely brilliant. What do you think of them, Joe, the Mules? I think they're fantastic, mate. I know, obviously, from a Reds point of view, you're driving down. And I'm from Anfield, so they're all streets I know anyway. And you're driving down and you just look to one side. You've got, of course, Clevo, You've got Ray Kennedy. You've got... Um, Diaz has just gone up there on the side of the sand and wall, and I, I just I, I love them. I just think, I mean, for the players to drive past them as well, they must get a little tingle down the spine, mustn't they, when they see that they've been put up there on the wall? Yeah, God, wouldn't you just? And I, I mean, we were chatting just before; they're so lifelike as well, aren't they? Don't, I mean, it's not like it's not graffiti, is it? You know, it, it is real art. Um, so, you know, I, you, you're right. I mean, how couldn't you get a, a, a massive boost if, you, if you're driving past them? Look at me up there, and. 
and to get that adulation from fans it, it's it's hard to put into into new context isn't it because adulation from fans comes in all sorts of ways now just through sort of social media and stuff um but you know in our day it was actually going to meet them wasn't it and this is sort of that meeting bit it's that photograph as you said that going outside and seeing missy bokehans out there or trent or whoever else it is it, it it's part of the fabric now the culture of the club um and i think it's even more important as andy said in terms of the club culture now embracing women's uh, team and women's football fans have to do that for me as well um yeah. That's why we're working really hard on the supporters board to to engage and embrace with Joe uh, Goodall in terms of the, the Liverpool Women's Supporters Club. Um, she, you know, she really opened your eyes when you took your talking to her about um, what support they don't get, but also just how good they are. Um, and and you know, really, it strikes me that you'd, you'd always watch an LFC TV to watch like the under 18s or the under 16s or something. Um, and you sort of see them as a club and it, because you see them, you, you want to see the player move from team to team to team to the first team. We need that with women's football as well. Um, if I support Liverpool, I've got to support women's Liverpool women's team as well. Um, and I, I think it was only, was it about two months ago, Andy, that um, Liverpool women's was, the, was, was still the only club that had Liverpool women's in its title. Um, and they changed that now to just Liverpool Football Club, which is absolutely spot on. It's the way yeah. it should be. No difference. Yeah. It's 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 yeah. it's, a, it's a football club. That's it. And it, and it just so happens to be women who are playing football, but they're Liverpool. Yeah, it was. It was. I think it was the crest they changed just to make it the football crest, yeah. club and the women's. Yeah, and uh, you know, yeah, absolutely. And I think um, that that is there throughout the club now, and it's it's been great to see Joe, as you say. And uh, yeah, I'd only encourage anyone who hasn't been just just go because um, um, it's you. you it, it's a different atmosphere to a men's game, but it's a, in a really good way, and I think uh, people will really enjoy it if, if they don't if they haven't been to a game before. And what and so home games Prenton Park are they, Andy? Well, we play at uh, Prenton Park, yeah, and um, it's you know tickets are very you know very very affordable. Uh, I'm, I'm I'm sure you guys have spoken on the pod many times about the cost of going to football. Well, mm. women's football, you know, is is as affordable as it gets. Um, if you're an Anfield or season ticket holder, by the way, or an LFC member, you know, you go on the website. There's a there's a code in the members area every home game. And you can get free tickets to come and see the women. And um, so, you know, there's thousands of people who are entitled to a free ticket there who uh, we're still not seeing, but we'd love them to come while they, you know, it won't be this way forever. And, you know, we do, you know, we, we our crowds are really up this season and they'll go up again next year after the World Cup. And uh, we've got room to grow at Prenton. And, uh, you know, it's become a real, you know, I think we've won five of the last six games at Prenton Park which, you know, in WSL terms is really hard to do. So, um, you know, it's become a bit of a fortress there, Fitzy. And, um, you know, it's 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 it, there's a real atmosphere now around the women's team, especially when you get that warmer weather. You know, the depths of winter, um, December, January, on a bleak Tuesday night, it can be, you know, it's, it's tough because um, it's, it's still quite a family audience, the women's game, so it's difficult to drag the kids out on a freeze in December. Sorry, I thought you were going to say it's difficult to swear. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, but, um, but yeah, no, it's, uh, it, it's only going it, to... If you think about it, it's the bit of the game 
that's got the the vast development potential still to come. And uh, mm. you know, if if you're not, if you're still one of the unbelievers, you know, that's fine. You know, everyone, it'd be a really dull world if we were all the same. But I, all I can say is that you know, every game I watch, the skill levels are different. Um, you won't get anyone. Um, there's no. Uh, there's no pulling out challenges or trying to fool the referee in the women's game. If you want full-blooded, proper, old-school challenges, uh, which are let go because that's the way the game is and players fighting to get up as quickly as possible rather than roll around and do four mini somersaults to fool the referee. The women's game is where it's at. You know, that is, it's a, it's a you know, that's because these are, these are players in many cases who've had to really fight to become professional footballers and for that recognition, and now it's here. They're not gonna. They're not gonna waste it. And uh, you know, things are only looking up for the generations to come. And uh, if you're uh, if if you're not involved, you're missing out. Is what I'd say. I mean, just to, just to, just to, uh, to to talk about that and go into the game. I mean, I've got no. Unfortunately, I've got no nieces of of a young age that I could take. But what a great thing for an uncle or or a dad or or a brother or to take. To take a, a young girl to a football match to give them because they 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 could be the future, couldn't they? And and it's opening up this this burgeoning, but it's it's growing so rapidly and so quickly, isn't it? And it's and it's a great opportunity, isn't it, to to, to, to let these girls sit down and just watch something that potentially they they could play a part in in the future. Fitz, you're absolutely right, Fitzy. But all I'd say is it's not just the girls, mate. We the crowd is full of young boys coming to watch the girls as well. And um, to me, I take. My lad's 11, plays in a little under 11 side up at um, Crosby. And uh, they trained on a Thursday night, last night actually. And there's probably six or seven pitches there uh, where they're training. There's more girls playing on those training nights than there are boys, Fitzy. You know, the, the, the growth in the grassroots element of girls football is incredible. Um, as a club, Liverpool, we've just um, been awarded a Category 1 licence for what's called the professional game academy and this is the new academy since joe was talking about you know the 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 covering the game from from every level well we, we just got we're in the first tranche of uh, getting a we got category one license so uh, there's a pathway for all our girls both football and education to go from academy into the first team very similar to what's there for the boys side of things now so that's um, with 12 12 category one license granted and, and we were one of the those to be get to be getting it so that's mm-hmm. going to be um leandra little who's the former liverpool women's captain she's in charge of that area of the academy so uh it'll be uh you know hopefully in the years to come we're going to see some brilliant new talent from uh the streets of merseyside and um missy's murals just going to be the first of of many and we're going to run out of walls aren't we in the end <laughs> if you want feel, what do you think uh, Evertonians think in the Anfield area I think waking up every morning walking through the streets getting reminded of our past glories aren't they with, uh, with, with two tins of magnolia the dads are throwing on the wall yeah it's one of them listen at the end of the day it's funny it's 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 um like Andy said, these aren't these aren't commissioned by the, the club. These are these are no. the real fans tribute and it's such a wonderful thing. And you know what? If you want to do it, go and do your own. Go and yeah. do yours. Go and pepper, you know, pepper um Goodison with your own photographs, with your own pictures. Yeah. Uh, they'll be on black and white, but it doesn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> 
Stephen. Stephen on the paint palette, won't he? <laughs> <laughs> Neil Fitz said that. Neil Fitz. Neil Fitz Morris. <laughs> ah, yeah. There's my Twitter blowing up. Uh, Andy, are you, have you got to dive off, haven't you, my friend? I've, I've, I've got to dive off, guys, but it's been an absolute pleasure. Um, it's been too long since I've uh, been on one of these. But obviously, um, really wish it wasn't in these circumstances. But, um, um, you know, the chance to come on and, and say a few words about Dan, couldn't miss out on that. So thank you very much for the chance and uh, um, enjoy your chat about Leicester and, uh, and Villa. Thanks, thank you, Andy. Andy. Thanks, Andy. Thanks, Andy. Emotion on the Blood Red Channel. Take care, Paul. And there will be, a, I know there is a podcast uh, that is going to come together, which is um, in tribute to Dan as well. So we'll keep you posted on that. And I'm sure that there will be tons and tons of people want to say wonderful things about him. Um, so let's talk about the Reds then. Let's talk about uh, the Leicester game. I like to have a little recap. I mean, that's, um, I think that's six on the trot unbeaten, isn't it? Um, Peter, I'll come to you first. Yeah. The Leicester- the Leicester game uh, was was uh, felt like the old days of Leicester, didn't it? When 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 we punished them, yeah, uh, um, yeah. goal an absolute belter. Things seem to be clicking into place, uh, Peter. When it comes yeah. to people, yeah. might have come a little bit too late. You know, we never know. We got to wait for other results, and it's not it's not great when uh, when Brighton field half a team is it against Newcastle. But you know, it's one of those things. But yeah, and it was great to see Curtis Jones get those first two goals. It's brilliant, you know, the another scouser in the team, and he hasn't had much chance uh, until April, really, because of injuries. And you know, people were, you know, I heard lots of fans going, "Oh, he's not good enough." He's not. but you need a run in the team, and he could just show the confidence that he had on Monday night uh, because of that run in the team, and he's been gaining confidence. And he, he, you know, he's a, he's a, he's a, he's a great player. I think, you know, I mean. You know, maybe not in terms of, you know, what the fans are all uh, clamouring for, the you know, the Bellingers of this world. But he's he's a great player to have in your squad and, and can do a job. And uh, I was made up for him when he, especially at the, the second goal. The first goal was very rem- reminiscent to the goal he scored against Tottenham, wasn't it? Yeah, very reminiscent. Yeah. 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 That second goal, was that was instinctive and that was class. That was absolute class. Do you know what I think, uh, Joe? I think I think what Curtis Jones is. I think you know, right time, right place with it. I mean, he came into the side, but he came into a side earlier that that had the, them positions covered, and I felt like he he never really knew his role. He didn't really know what it what he was what he was expected to do in that Liverpool team. And he's he's come into this Liverpool team now after a layoff or injury, and and I feel like he seems to know what he wants. He seems to be stronger on the ball. Because one of one of the criticisms, Joe, was that he was getting nudged off for a bit. He was only a young lad. He was getting, and it's a strong game. It's, you know, these pros can they know how to do it. I feel like he's um, he's seen that the, the, there is a, there is a weakness in midfield. That there is a press that's needed. There is someone who needs to go, and he's fulfilling two or three roles at the moment, Joe. And he couldn't be happier for him. Yeah, brilliant to see. Um, you know, I, I I just don't know where people come from. Really, I don't know why they go to the game just to just to criticise the players. Really, because. He's always been a work in progress. He's what twenty-two, isn't he? Um, not the finished product by any stretch. Um, he's had terrible injuries, as Peter said. Um, one was recurring, so he was never going to get the confidence to get a run. Um, you know, you you all need that whenever you play football. If you go on pitch and you got a, you, you know, your your shin's a bit sore, 
it's going to hurt. You know, it, it does. It just, it, your, your head tells you that, so you pull out the tackles. He's obviously now fully fit, and he, we're seeing the best of him. Um, I think you're right about the, the midfield role. Um, he wasn't quite sure. He was sort of shoehorned into whatever was needed, and it's sort of, sort of a bit of a left winger, um, and he's not a left winger. Um, he is what he is, which is floating through. He, he can come guide, you know, come through as a ghost as he did for, for the first, the goal against Tottenham and the goal against Leicester, first goal. The second one, as, as, as uh, Peter said, was absolute quality, instinct. That's what he wants because we've seen that with, with, with him. He was, he was probably slow or appeared slow because he wanted to make sure it was precise in terms of his passing. Now it's instinctive again. And the speed at which he's doing stuff in midfield now has made that midfield so much better. Um, and one thing he does do, which other midfields haven't been doing, is score goals. Yeah. Um, so it, it, he's he's got he's, he's got so much potential, and uh, I, I just wish sometimes that we the home fans, I think, and I probably get slated for this myself on Twitter, but I think the home fans very often don't give as much leeway to our players as as the away fans do. So his best performances in the past, I think, have been away from home. But he's starting to get that consistency now, and he's he's been he's been key to our good run, uh, both home and away. It's not a new thing, is it? I mean, remember Sammy Lee and and Jamie Carragher used to get along to stick local lads. I think yeah. you know, they're, they're under the spotlight more, aren't they? You know, because you know that's just a shame that you know that you know people tend to look at the local players as you know as you can, oh yeah, we can target them. They'll understand us anyway <laughs> when we're shouting yeah. abuse. At them. <laughs> Oh, there's no tougher audience as a comic in Liverpool, pal. They don't, they don't, they don't, they don't <laughs> it's a, a wink of sleep telling you your crap. So, it, 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 and I think, I, I, th- I think it's also down to that fact as well, mate. That you know, unfortunately, look, it is, it is, it is the, the nature of football and the fans as a whole that you, you, you know, you, 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 you sort of. You criticise the team by the standards they've raised the bar by, and Liverpool raised yeah. the bar. And now we're seeing this now. Look, you've got for some strange reason, Liverpool's t- Liverpool's only as the only people who would go anywhere near Man City. We became unbearable very, very quickly. Yeah. Everyone, everyone's moaned, bemoaned yeah. the, the failure of Arsenal. They they couldn't even for one season. We had yeah. them by the neck for three, and only because of a lack of ambition from owners, as far as I'm concerned. Um, the, the can't keep the, the standard of players that we want to keep yeah. together. You know, yeah. they're not now Phil Foden by a hundred million pound. You got Foden on the bench now because they're so they're a different level of gravy altogether. But this idea that you know, uh, oh, poor Arsenal couldn't do it to the end, we did it for three seasons, we spanked them. Yeah. So, unfortunately, what comes with that is that level of expectancy, isn't it? With the hot, with, with, with the core yeah. fans, there we ran out, we ran out of superlatives, didn't we? Over That's the last few years, and especially last season. When we were going for the quadruple, you know, we just—have you ever seen a team like that? No one expected this the massive drop off, and that can be for a number of reasons: lack of investments in the squads, obviously one, yeah. but also, you know, last season's efforts—you know, the sheer exhaustion and not getting those two extra trophies—you know, it's had a massive effect. And I think we're only just recovering now, and I think it's it's significant. Like so Diaz coming back, Diaz looks absolutely electric, doesn't he? You know, and it opens up so much possibities in the in the in the attacking third, you know. I think I think we'll be back with you know a few additions in the summer. I think we'll be back next season. I think we will. I mean, I think this run has proven that. Hopefully, we we'll win our next two games. So that's you know that that's uh, the best form of the season, isn't it? If we do that, 
just as I say, it's probably just come a little bit too late, but you never know. Um, Newcastle could have a wobbler or United could, you just don't know. I mean, I think we'll win our last two games and, you know, we just need them to slip up, don't we? Yeah, I mean, listen, we had we had a bullet header from a goalkeeper last time. Anything It's part of that wonderful heart racing nut job kind of culture that this club has, yeah. which is buzzing. <laughs> hard way all the time yeah, yeah. Um, so you never know it is it, it, it is lovely to, to watch them hitting a bit of form now Joe isn't it and um, and it's seemingly because yeah. sure. your club's been talking about this thing of like this because there isn't a winter break for a coach like Klopp it is very very frustrating to try and get his ideas across because they have a game on a Wednesday they have a game on a Saturday they'll have a day off they're in Tuesday Monday they're in playing Wednesday they're back in playing and his thing has been he needs time to try and implement the changes. And it feels like, although possibly a bit too late, the whole idea of incorporating this movement of, of, of Trent into midfield now and then dropping back. I mean, he's he's just unleashing a different side of Trent. And he, another player who's had loads and loads of stick this season for a young lad, for him to have lifted himself beyond the stick he was getting, because literally everything was getting piled on him. Uh, because of obviously he was being moved into midfield and not getting back to track as much as he could because he hadn't done it before. He looks like he's feeling into that role, Joe. Uh, role, Joe Dunn. He looks like a different, uh, a new signing. Yeah, he's incredible, isn't he? Um, another one with confidence. He, he, he's, he, you've seen him laugh all the time now, and he, he's really enjoying his game and bringing everyone else on. He's got, he's got an Alonso like touch, hasn't he? He's got strength of Gerard now. He's got um, deft skills, um, and. It, he still trots around the pitch. When people were saying he was dead lazy, he's still he's still going at the same pace. But wow, what an impact he's having! Um, I, I I I think we've gone toe to toe with you know, the, the the big six, haven't we? Um, and apart from City giving us a good hide a few weeks ago, we we we've matched them. We should have beaten United, to be honest with you, when 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 they beat us away, and we did then thump them at home. We, we, I mean, we've taken on everyone else, and apart from that. When we were just in that slump, I mean, at that dreadful game against Chelsea, um, we, we've taken it to the other. So I agree with 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 one or two signings and with and with the refresh that we've got. With, with Trent's like a new signing, Jones is like a new signing, Diaz is like a new signing. Um, why why can't we think again that we'll we'll end up with a season like last season? I was just as an anecdote. I was talking to a Leicester fan yesterday, um, and he was bemoaning about where they are now, and he was saying about the the youngsters. Are saying you know uh, it, it's a shock where we are and shocking where we are you know after after winning a league a few years ago that's sort of six or seven years on our our fans seem to be criticizing us after you know this time last season we were all booking flights and tickets to Wembley about ten times to 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 get to um, to get to Paris um, and what a journey that was and we were exhausted so never mind <laughs> the players must have been exhausted as well yeah. Um, Let's celebrate what we've got and let's build it. You know, yeah, we've had a, we've had a, a poor mid mid season, but it's great to watch again. And you know, I, I go in the match tomorrow. Everyone's looking forward to it again, aren't they? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, mate. I got sent something, and I'll try and find it in a minute. But it just goes to show. Um. So it, it, here's the thing, I and mean, you'll have read this, but I got this through on on WhatsApp, and just talking about the you know fans bemoaning their position. Liverpool FC have not finished outside the top eight places in the league in 60 years. Yeah. 60 years. In that time, our illustrious rivals, Man United, have been relegated to the Division One, currently Championship, 
The same for Chelsea and Tottenham, while Man City have spent time in the old third division, the current League One. Aston Villa, Nottingham Forest, both of whom, like ourselves, have won European Cups, have also been relegated from the top flight many times, whilst Arsenal and Everton, although either haven't suffered the drop, both teams have flirted with relegation at least once in the, one, uh, at least once over the years. Leeds, West Ham, Newcastle, Sunderland, Birmingham City, all big clubs have all gone down. At some point, Bayern Munich, Real Madrid, Ajax, PSG, Juventus, Milan, Inter, Marseille, Dortmund, the list goes on. Only one other team across Europe's big leagues can boast a record like that of Liverpool Football Club, and that's FC Barcelona. We've won titles and trophies galore at home and abroad. And yet this is one achievement that very often gets overlooked. Not even as low as ninth position in the top tier of English football in 60 years. Yeah. I mean, that kind of puts things into perspective, doesn't it, really? <laughs> yeah. I mean, well, yeah, I think everyone, I think everyone's had that text, definitely the WhatsApp and that. But, yeah, it just put it into perspective, you know. But uh, as you say, our standards are so high. And, you know, to, to challenge Man City, you know, it takes extraordinary effort, doesn't it? You know, because... Our investment is nowhere near theirs. We know that. Uh, and But they've also got one of the top managers in the world. And it's only the fact that we have as well. As soon as Pep goes from City, they can have as much money as they want. Look at Chelsea. You can have as much money as you want. But if the manager hasn't got uh, a, a Scooby, it's not going to work, is it? So we need to keep Jürgen Klopp and we need to keep him and give him the backing. And, you know... Um, if he's not happy about the investments, surely he'd come out and say it. But he, he, I think it's taken him by surprise this season, hasn't it? And I think he knows now. And with the four players moving on, which presumably you talk about, what, what at, at, at uh, Leicester on Monday, the chanting for uh, Bobby was unbelievable. And that's Liverpool fans at the best. Uh, that's Liverpool fans at the best. You never had one uh, shout from Leicester fans in the second half because they couldn't hear them anyway. No. You couldn't hear them singing God Save the Queen anymore <laughs> or the King because of the Bobby song. And that's yeah. Liverpool fans at the best. I know I know a, a few grumps were saying, oh, it was getting on my nerves there. But they, they're like that <laughs> anyway. But that's that, that was the young kids at the game. And it was really refreshing to see on Monday all young lads and, and girls at the game. Uh, and, and that's why the Bobby song went on so long. I'm, I'm convinced of it. It was brilliant. Because we, we didn't have the lungs to do it, is what you're saying, Peter, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but that's what the cop used to be. It used to be, yeah. you know, you 14 sing, to 25 sing. year olds, didn't it? You can't sing and he's a meat and potato pie all at once, Joe. <laughs> yeah, it was. It was brilliant. <laughs> and, and, it was, and, it, and it was wonderful to see. Poetry in Motion on the Blood Red Channel. You know, Liverpool fans, one of the things that makes me proud to be a Liverpool fan is, and this, I'm going back to the days when I used to watch Ray Clements come running across Anfield in a Tottenham t- goalie shit yeah. and get a round of applause, get a standing ovation. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Never, ever, the, the simple rule of Liverpool fans has always been, if you've played for our club and you've shown it respect and you've done the best you can for us and you haven't hanging out to dry, you, wherever you go, you will get a reception the way you did when you ran on with a red shirt on. And that's why mm. the players who don't over the years get booed. It's a simple philosophy. What about football? Yeah. And what about honesty? And what about people putting a shift in? It's very yeah. much the culture of this city. And, and, it, and it was wonderful to see that. And even more wonderful to see Bobby's reaction to it because you know he's taken that where he goes for the rest of his life. And that, and that makes you proud to, to, to know that they've done that. Yeah. 
I mean, we're we're heartbroken. He's going. I think he, he's even even more heartbroken, isn't he? You know, it's just. I mean, when he came over to the fans after the game, you know, you just imagine, you know, and what it's going to be like against Villa. You know, it's going to be uh, an outpouring, isn't it? Because you've been there at all the all those great wins, and he he was integral to the way Klopp played, wasn't he? So yeah. I think it's it's that, you know, and I don't. You know, obviously, uh, Oxley Chamberlain suffered with injuries. Kaitis suffered with injuries, but I think Milner will get a brilliant uh, farewell as well. You know, um, obviously, the injuries that Kaitis and Ox have suffered. You know, they've been really. I mean, he was playing great, wasn't he, Oxley Chamberlain, until he got that knee ligaments. And Kaitis just, you know, he's made the glass, hasn't he? Yeah, yeah. he's he's, a, he's a, even his murals on the treatment table. <laughs> 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 it's one of them, isn't it? With, 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 with um, there are a lot of outgoings. In, I mean, what's really annoying me is this nonsense by the FA now, where they've where they've banned Klopp from the from the uh, Villa game. So, wow. uh, he's, and he's had a bigger fine than than, than Ivan Tony, who's who's breached over fifty better gambling um, laws. He's yeah. had a, got a fifty thousand pound fine. Klopp got a seventy five thousand pound fine. For saying something that the FA have disputed, the referees' association have disputed, but haven't released any of the any of the transcript from. So they they haven't released the tapes, but they're saying he's wrong and fine him. So you know what a gesture that is—the last game of the season at home—and he's and he's got to sit it out. It's mm. actually- deliberate, isn't it? Absolutely deliberate that. Because because yeah, you know, hit him hard if you need to, but there's no there's absolutely no need for that to be th- this season. Um, no, Tony's been yeah, playing it, it, matches. He's been on the exactly from- exactly. Mm. No, but I mean, but you, I mean, you just touched on Milner there. And you know, it, in some ways, it's it, it's a shame that Bobby's going at the same time because because the, the story's about Bobby in it. Um, yeah, yeah. But Mil- yeah. Milner's being thrown through that. And you, you were talking fifty then about um, the way we serenade ex ex Liverpool players. Look at the way City fans boo Milner when he when he plays for us. It's embarrassing. Yeah. Um, you know what what a footballer he's been. Never mind a club footballer yeah. that for us. Um, he should be admired for everything he's done what since he was what 16. An what an exactly. Yeah. How is he? 47? <laughs> he's getting on a bit. Isn't he? Is he 37 now, yeah? Yeah. 36, 37, something like that. But, you know, what an athlete. Yeah. It's, a strange, you know, it's a strange move to Brighton, isn't it? It's, it's one of them odd things, isn't it, where you think, you know, maybe he thought he might have gone back to Leeds or he might have yeah. just gone here but it seems like an, a bit of a strange, unless he's meeting McAllister on the train. On the well, way. I was thinking that maybe they said, "Look, you know." I have to say one one thing impressive about last night, Peter, was you say about leaving your top players out. Um, they were a much better side with him in at the second half, weren't they? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, that was you know why they did that. You know, they're only playing. Who are they playing Sunday? Playing Southampton or someone or something like that. Like that, I mean, they had it all to play for there, didn't he? It was an absolutely ridiculous decision, wasn't yeah. it? But he seemed like he, um, I mean, I tell you who else I was very impressed with. I mean, again, you could you could go to your blue in the face, can't you, with these players? It's 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 whatever kind of budget he gets. And and, and my main fear is that, as always, been the clock turns around and says, I've had enough of this. And and if he does, then this yeah. uh, bad enough, the Bellingham thing was, you know, you, you whatever you're paying for him, you're getting you're getting 10 seasons out of before he's just his prime. It's, yeah, it, it was it was it was it was an obvious bit of business, wasn't it? Let's be honest. For me, hmm. for me, an unforgivable, um, unforgivable declaration of, of of lack of interest in this club from FSG. Hmm. Not to mention 
paying for for the stand. I think you know if they have got a budget, say I don't know. You know if they have got a budget, and you know you don't want to spend it all on one player. I'd rather have three, three uh, quality players than one player. You know, you know, and I think, I mean, that was the that that was the sort of like thinking behind the scenes, wasn't it? But I don't think I don't think the Bellingham deal is over. Honestly, I don't think it is. You know, unless until I see him in a Real Madrid chair, you know, he might want to stay at Dortmund for a year and think, well, I'll, you know, because he seems to want to come to Liverpool, doesn't he? Seems to by all, but, but hey, when you saw bloody when you saw Real Madrid the other night, Christ, if ever they, I mean, the whole the entire uh, midfield just ended in its P45, didn't it? Tony, yeah. <laughs> Christ almighty, yeah, oh, they were looking for someone like that. I tell you, really impressed me both legs of the Milan derby was um, Barella, and I know Liverpool have, have, yeah, have been in, as they have yeah. else, but he's a player in, mate. He's boxed, yeah, fast, and he's. Yeah. Yeah. He's a little terrier, isn't he? He's, but it's definitely, I think you were talking earlier, Peter, about just a few little links in the chain missing. It, it, one of them's that ball winning midfield player, isn't he? And we're not far off then, Joe. Yeah, I, I agree. I, th- I think, you know, we, we always forget about Bayacic as well, didn't he? I mean, I, I know it was, you know, you hope he's not a one season wonder. I'm sure he's not because he just looks an absolute talent. You know, it, unfortunately, the season was blighted by injury. But that might have helped, actually. Um, because we've got that new system now and we were relying on him um, because Fabinho wasn't working hard enough at the time and the back four weren't de- de- defending as well. As you said, those links now, um, why wouldn't well, yeah, it, 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 you? Can, you can build a midfield around him in the future because he, he, he's got it. Um, I, I, I struggle with Elliot at the moment. I don't know where his position is. Um, and I, I worry for him in terms of in terms of what his role is going forward. But I'm sure Klopp's got that already clocked before me in terms in terms of how that is. Um, but a ball will in midfield. But Fabinho's come back, hasn't he? Um, mm. he? He started he started to do that role that he had with key link, letting 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 Curtis and Trent go further forwards, um, being more solid in midfield. Um, and and again, him looking like he's enjoying his game as well. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I think more of a, when I meant ball winning, I think I think what I was what I meant to say was more of an attacking midfielder. I think it's someone who can okay. use that allow Fab to sit back and do what he does because he he's very good at doing it when he's got time on the ball, isn't he, Pete? But, but but I think when he gets rushed, which which what a lot. I also think you know part of our, what's happened with our season is I think we sort of redefined the press, didn't we? And I think yeah. what happened, all the other managers looked close season over the season and said, right, we need to press the presses. And I think yeah. we yeah. got. From Fulham, Fulham away, they, 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 we didn't get a chance on the ball. And that seemed to be the pattern this season. Yeah. Where we need to develop a way where we, we have the players that can destroy the press before they get to us. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's certainly, you know, this run of games. I mean, we haven't been we haven't been playing brilliantly, have we? The, the free flowing football. But there's been elements of that. You know, so it's, it's a work in progress, I think. And, you know, those few additions. And as I said before, I think, you know, Diaz coming back has been absolutely massive, you know, because his work rate is unbelievable. And his tackling, he's all over the place, isn't he? You know? Yeah. I mean, what's the thing yeah. deal with the... I mean, the Mason Mounting seems to be going around. I'm not quite sure where that fits into the fits into the portfolio. You know what I mean? That could be another Arthur Mello. On the, I'd love to know what happens, because clearly when Klopp doesn't want to sign him, he doesn't... In the best possible way, you get to know, don't you, very, very quickly that you... I don't think, I don't think Arthur's going to have a mural, is he? Don't think. <laughs> <laughs> well, he's working on a caricature in Blackpool. 
I read the thing on the Echo website the other day and it said that uh, Arthur Mello's coach very impressed with his progress. I thought, bloody hell, what happened there? <laughs> I wanted to the story. It was, his, it was his English coach. He's learning English. It was his English <laughs> dialect coach. I thought, damn, you hit that story well there, didn't you? you got yeah. All right, then, listen, lads, we've got Villa uh, tomorrow, obviously. And then we've got um, Southampton. Um, Villa at home. Thanks, Thankfully at home because they're, they're, they're a different proposition. At, a, at their ground recently, aren't they? Peter, they got them. Yeah, they've been they've been doing uh, they've been doing fantastic. You know, he's he's got them really playing well, and it's the same players, isn't it? That uh, Stephen Gerrard had, you know. So it's it's obviously down to his tactics and his his formations and that. But you know, I think I think at home Liverpool have too much for them. You know, I think you know, but uh, I think they will try and play football. There's no doubt about that. They won't park the bus, will they? But that'll suit us, you know, because. Uh, you know, we seem to be um, finding the back of the net again, you know. Yeah, it's, I think it's that age-old thing, Joe, isn't it? When a team comes to try and play football against Liverpool, that was what he was... That was, I think, what uh, what Klopp's frustration was at Spurs uh, when he said, play football, you can play football. He can't stand it when a team just throws 11 behind the ball, doesn't he? You know what I mean? It's, 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 it's not football to Jürgen Klopp, is it? It's expansive, wide. He likes the, the, the you know, the, the, the brush strokes, doesn't he, of football. He doesn't, he doesn't want it. Uh, he doesn't want it tight. So Unai Emery tends to time want to play football, doesn't he? So that might that might fit nicely with Klopp's plan. Yeah. Um and as Peter said, they're good enough to play football, Villa, to be honest with you. So I don't think they've got I don't think they've got another option really. Um but uh, you know, player for player, I think I think we 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 are fit enough, strong enough and uh, I, I think geared up enough for for the home the last home game of the season. Um yeah, I I'm Stick me in that house. I'll, I'll, I'll back us. <laughs> Come on, give us a scoreline the period then. Peter, what do you reckon is going to be uh, on, uh, tomorrow, pal? Uh, I'll try to do predictions, Fritz. What do you put me on the spot for like that? Uh, I don't do it. 2-0 uh, to what, Liverpool. Two, what did Paul Gascoigne once say? I don't I do not do predictions and I never will. 2-0, um, <laughs> Peter, what about you, Joe? Yeah, 3-1. Yeah, it's, we're, we're, I think a lot of us are still at that stage where the, where the clean sheets, <laughs> the clean sheets are still a little bit down the road, aren't they? Yeah, I'll do a three-one, mate. I'll go with the three-one. Pete's going with the two. All right, two-nil. Yeah. Last-minute winner from Bobby. I know a lucky winner from Bobby. A last-minute winner from Bobby that bounces off the bar, goes on the line, and then mysteriously rolls over as if Dan Kay had blown it from the heavens over the line. How's that? Wow, that's the one. That's the wow. one, lads. It's been an absolute pleasure, and uh, and uh, everyone listening here, thank you once again. And if you do. Hear about this, spread it, spread the word for us for tomorrow. Seven minutes in, let's give Dan a proper send-off the one he deserves. Peter, thank you very much, my friend. Okay, thanks, Neil. Yeah, pleasure. Always love a mash-up, mate. Um, and Joe, good to see you, pal. Thanks, Neil. Yeah, always good to see you, too. I'm cracking up one of them bottles of wine in the background there, you. I know, they're... they're... <laughs> all empty have, I've, I've had two already. <laughs> That'll be the glow. That'll be what the glow is. All right, lads, thanks very much. Okay, thanks a lot, Neil. Guys, take Cheers, care. Cheers, Neil. See you later. Thanks. Bye. Bye. Bye-bye. That was it for the mashup for... Uh... Yeah, he's still going. I thought he'd cut me off. That was it for the mashup. We will do now. That was it for the mashup for Alain Rouge and Poultry Motion. All the best to all the Reds this season. And uh, one more little push at home. And uh, Bobby scoring the winner would be ideal. See you all again soon. You've been listening to the Poetry and Motion podcast on the Blood Red channel.